what does 2020 hold mm-hmm. for so much movies? Well, if we're going by what we're doing right now, it's going to be a lot more low key, <laughs> low energy. We're not bringing the heat. Sorta much movies. Yep. Sorta exhausted movies. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of blank pauses, <laughs> thinking. I edit those out still, so you were good oh, to okay. go. So we're good. Make us sound smart. What if I edited in a very long pause? <laughs> Like, you just, every time I try to think of a name, or even use a name of a movie or actor, you just put a long pause before it's, like, like Tyler can't think of what Tom Cruise's name is. I'm starting to really realize how much power I have (laughs) being the sole editor. Yeah. I could really make you sound like a dumbass. Especially with the Patreon episodes, because I usually don't listen to them. Oh, yeah. You don't even have access to that. (laughs) I should tell you how professional we are over here, is that Tyler does not have access to the Patreon. (laughs) Nobody. I could get it. You could just just pay $3 a month. (laughs) How hard is that? I could get it. I haven't. (laughs) I figure I heard most of it the first time. You know. You did talk through it. There... I, I didn't hear you and Anthony talking about Joker Oh, yet, yeah. You still haven't gotten that But take. I still haven't seen Joker. Oh, so, well, so no harm, no foul. <clears throat> yeah. I'll wait till I'll see Joker, and then I'll maybe sign up. And then I'll make you sound like a huge <laughs> dumbass. Although the unedited version is on my computer. So oh, perfect. Well, see, there you go. I can just go find it, probably. You can just go play the Audacity file. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, in 2020, we're going to let you listen to all the episodes we're gonna and i'm going to take greater liberties in editing we're gonna get lazier we're gonna care less and we're gonna actually listen to our own podcast oh that'll the worst of all worlds that'll never happen (laughs) so much 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 I mentioned to you that I wanted to talk about uh, You Were Never Really There. Yes. <laughs> or You Were Never Really Here. Yeah. One of those very vague things. And you were like, oh, the one where Joaquin The Phoenix fake movie. Is, is like a fake rapper. And I was like, no, that's I'm Still Here. Very is, bad. You can't. Confusing. You can't do both of those. No. If you're an actor, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Mix the titles up a little bit. Yeah. Like, if, if someone's. If you do the movie, I'm still here, and then someone offers you the movie, I'm not here, <laughs> you have to decline on yeah. principle. Yeah. For the sake of like your fans and being able to talk about your movies. Yeah. You just can't. That's not allowed. Unless you hate your fans, which honestly, Joaquin Phoenix might. Oh, absolutely. He does. <laughs> if anybody does, it would um, be him. And I can't imagine that all these new Joker fans are going to be like really in his wheelhouse. Oh, I didn't think about that. But he did do the movie, so who knows? Oh, man. He had to have thought it was going to go a different way, though. That right? it was, that was going to be like a noble failure versus like the largest uh, box office <laughs> R-rated movie of all time? At, at least just that the people who would like the movie yeah. would be more nuanced about it. Do you feel like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably... Do you feel like Todd Phillips really like pulled him in with like? Do you see what Adam McKay is doing? He was in comedy, and now he's doing the Big Short Ooh. Vice and stuff. What if we did one? But it's and it's going to be about class, man. It's, it's yeah. A, and then Joaquin Phoenix was like, "All right, why not?" See, because there's a. 
I think there's a decent chance of that. Yeah. But there's also a decent chance that it was just for the money. Because oh, it's a big sure. budget movie. That's true. You know, DC's like, got an unbelievable... It's Warner Brothers. Like, so got Joaquin Phoenix might as well have been some other super villain in some other superhero movie and it maybe would have been the exact same pull for him you know yeah that's maybe he didn't think he was making something artistic i think he just wanted a challenge i think yeah, that's maybe. his only thing is that he wants to do it in an acting challenge yeah he seems like a guy who likes acting and who likes having being in a we've talked about this before yeah who likes kind of like a nick cage almost yeah a guy who only wants to do a movie if he's going to be working the entire time yeah if he's if he's going to be really trying to pull something off, yeah, he wants to be in like pretty much every scene, and he wants to it to be <laughs> like something that he can kind of flex his acting muscles I mean, or exercise his acting muscles at the very least. Yeah, although I do feel Nick Cage now is just doing. I mean, he's kind of getting to do stuff that's flexing, but I, I feel like he's still trying to pay off his debts a little oh bit. absolutely but nick cage is a different animal i shouldn't have compared him because he can't help but flex everywhere he goes i love it <laughs> i just watched the video of him going through all of his roles and like what was inspiring him at the oh, time oh interesting i'll bring that up later yeah. well i'll bring that up i want to get back to watching well, Phoenix we will quick. get back to that later because i recently watched national treasure so oh yes okay cool we'll get there um but i do want to just talk about you were never really here yes which is a movie where Joaquin Phoenix is a war vet who is now a like for hire guy to he basically just goes and saves teenage girls that have been sex trafficked. That's like his whole job. Did that Okay, so I saw this movie almost 2 years ago, right when it yep. came out pretty yeah. much. So is that his whole job or is that just what he gets hired to do in this movie? I think it, that's his whole job wow. because he well, he has like a person who's like his. I want to say handler. That's not especially totally right, yeah. but the guy who handles like his all agents. Yeah, his agent. <laughs> he basically has an agent, and the agent rich people offer them a bunch of offer him a bunch of money, mm-hmm. and then you know that's his guy that he hires to go in and be brutal, mm-hmm. and he's super brutal, and it's because he's you know, and as we go through the movie, we see that this is really just a view of him and how messed up he is. Yeah. Like all of the only reason he does all this stuff and like is so insanely violent and crazy is that he's had this horrible life and he has all of these psychological things that are pressing on, on mm-hmm. him constantly mm-hmm. that he can't avoid. And, and they're kind of like his penance a little bit, right? Or is yeah. it more just like, yeah, a- kind of, yeah. Like he, um, you know, he was, he grew up in an abusive household and then mm-hmm. when he went to war, he like, saw a lot of awful stuff and so yeah. all of these things are just rattling around in his mind all the time and he's like suicidal yeah because of it but this the job is the thing that keeps him from totally losing it yeah. it seems like so mm-hmm. anyway it was pretty good and i mean very harrowing not a yeah. movie that i would especially recommend to everybody not light viewing nope <laughs> <laughs> i mean if we if you're yeah you get it if you if you it, heard the ha- description and you yeah. weren't into it don't bother i but. seem to remember it have some having something of like an old boy vibe yes well he does use a hammer for a while there oh maybe that's what which I is almost exactly an old boy vibe <laughs> just the kind of him being like an older guy yeah and it just being extremely viscerally violent yeah in a way that's that's it's like he's a good guy but it's not like you don't really root for him. Yeah, honestly, in like a traditional I mean, way. they showed the violence in like a very unflinching way. Yeah, that's not glamorized. Yeah, that's which it. I think that's always interesting too to see 
because there's so many the big superhero fantasy thing and maybe pull it back into Joker like yeah you know the big superhero thing is you know you watch Batman go around and basically make a bunch of guys fall on their backs yeah and we don't know the state of like how injured or dead they are yeah supposedly Batman never kills but I mean like you know <laughs> yeah. these guys are gonna be in like in a cast for six months yeah at the very least at the very least he's brutal and so then actually watching it for real hurt people you know or yeah watching any of the, any of this be like real violence and i feel like kind that, of kind of yeah. takes the shine off of it and i feel like that's probably part of the goal of the movie oh, right of course. is yeah. to kind of yeah. take this thing that we all watch all the time yeah he's supposed to be this like heroic guy because he's going and saving yeah uh you know sex trafficked victims it's pretty much taken but like how it would actually be yes <laughs> Like, wow, he's just straight up murdering people yeah. and uh he's clearly like an unsettled And a person. normal and a normal person couldn't just like turn it like Liam Neeson and Taken, right? Yeah, he just he's, turns he's it, a prof- turns it off. He's a professional, yeah. but he also just turns it on and off at will. Yes. Uh, just like incredibly violent, normal family man, just yeah. going back and forth like it's nothing. But that can't you can't, you can't do that's it. not a thing that exists. And if it is, then you should watch that person very closely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just that, like, you you can't imagine putting yourself in that scenario and having it be cool in an honest way. No, that's that true. We yeah. as viewers, people watched Taken and they heard the him going on a little rant over the, the phone, phone speech, yeah. and everybody I think kind of imagined themselves. Of course, that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, he's a hero in that one. Essentially, yeah. it's he's like a superhero. A, it's like a power fantasy thing. It is totally. And, um, so it's funny to see stuff like that in like old boy or whatever, which is just like, wow, hey, guess what? If you're like this, it comes at great personal cost. Yes. And the cost is generally your sanity. Yes. Um, it's not good. Actually, that's why I found like one, one of the, I always like movies where people who are kind of all over the place on what side of that they're coming in on yeah. can think it's an honest thing. And that's oh, why sure. I really liked American Sniper. Okay. Was because that is a little bit the same to me of like, I remember we went to it. Yeah. We've probably talked about this before. We have, but let's... I and mean, just coming out of it and being like, wow, that guy was messed up. <laughs> yeah. And so many people watched that movie and just thought he was awesome. What a hero. Yeah. And it's like, that's probably a fairly honest way of depicting it is just that like clearly you were never here i forgot that you were never really here you're never really here obviously takes a side yes which i think is fine to do yeah but and you but it's interesting because you still do have to have a a protagonist that that you relate to in some way and And he's not yeah he's not like necessarily a bad person yeah he's just super messed up and we feel exactly. for him because of that yeah and so, you can kind of choose what you show of them yeah and which is interesting because you know we were talking about the joker a little bit too and it's a very similar role to the joker mm-hmm. it's some guy who's been sort of beat up by life and him having a very fragile mental state because of it yeah and it's just the where does the focus go and also and you were never really here he's like huge he's yeah. like he's like 220 pounds and then yeah. in the joker he's like 140 yeah it's seriously crazy yeah. he put on so much weight for yeah you were never so, really here yeah so i haven't seen joker as we mentioned yeah i need to um eh, yeah i suppose you do well whatever um it's, you won't tw- see the 2020 we're seeing the movies now <laughs> <laughs> um but like in, in both of them is it a little bit just that like this bad stuff happens to him. He's kind of this messed up guy, and he's kind of gonna be doing this messed up stuff either way now. 
And just that other people kind of come in and use it for I their own kind ends. Of, I, it's almost that he's messed up specifically because of all these horrible external circumstances that he never really had control over. Yeah. And because he never had control over that, it's him sort of finding a modicum of control. Yeah. Through whatever way he possibly can. And the fact that he's so, like, that he's been so wounded and messed up by it causes him to, causes that con- the way that he gets control to be also kind of messed up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And then, so, and obviously in You Were Never Really Here, it's, he just goes and takes it out on, on bad guys. Yeah. And in The Joker, he goes and takes it out on rich people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, bad guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately... Maybe the same? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. I I just think it's wild that the whole... I mean, has this genre of movie always been around? The, like, the Taken, this, whatever that Mel Gibson one was. Oh, Ransom? Yeah, just like... Death Wish, maybe. Well, that one's a little different, but kind of the same. So I guess they always have been around. Falling, falling Down... Featuring yeah. Michael Douglas. Yeah, like, what is that? Well, I mean, and it's probably very telling that it's a lot of these are just like white guys. Who probably are, who are like. I think that's probably more just that they want they're wanting it to be because it's clearly a power fantasy, and they you need to relate to the person. Yeah. So they're selling it to that audience. Well, and that's what's interesting. I think is that traditionally these have been for traditionalists. Yeah. They've been for, you know, Death Wish and Falling Down. Yeah. Even Taken. All these things are they like... They really go out of their way to show that the bad guys are this villain that the traditional mm-hmm. people would hate. Well, like and, they're foreigners. Yeah, or and it's and it's people who don't... Tradi- and it's, a, it's a power fantasy for people who don't feel... Uh, feel like Who feel like these masculine... Outlets of... Yeah, I was trying to think of like a more traditional, like not because it's not just about masculine stuff, although it is, but sort of these traditional things have been taken away from them in some way, sure, or being challenged. Yeah, and so and some of that is these guys reverting to their more masculine nature, which in this case is the more toxic variety of just like I should just go murder people. Yeah. You know, of them asserting their power, ultimately. Yeah. Which is not, you know, which is probably the wrong lesson to take from that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's what White's power fantasy, you yeah. know? And with these, with the new ones, I think it's like, it's sort of just, at least with the Joaquin Phoenix ones we're talking about, it seems a little bit more like they're trying to uh, write in, like, an almost an unfairness. Yeah. If that makes sense. Especially yep. with Joker. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, boy... That's maybe why Joker is so perfect because it lets you talk about this in whatever lens you want. <laughs> yeah. Because Todd Phillips did not have any idea of what lens he yeah. wanted it to be. Well, it's in. funny. It's funny because they are kind of different in the sense that in the way that this kind of revenge fantasy usually goes, yeah, it's somebody who has a good life, yeah, and kind of has it taken away from them. Sure, and they're kind of like needing to like reassert it. Yeah. Yep. Whereas sounds like with joker it's not at all yeah well and that's ultimately why and that's why i was like it's white guys like because a lot of these times in these old ones it was like the people who did have power and then they lost it like and that's the scary thing yeah but even like with 
Uh, you know, and that's why I think Joker is also interesting because although he is, you know, like a regular, he's, he's, they don't have like a minority protagonist who would actually have more cause to be like, sure. things are unjust because he does have to still step down slightly. Like things have to go from bad to worse. Yeah. They can't just be Tips worse. over the edge and all that. Yeah, kind of. And so it's interesting. I would be interested to have, to see like a one coming from a different perspective, if sure. that makes any sense. And I know that there are some out there. Yeah. Well, we just clearly haven't yeah. seen enough of them to And that's also why I think in. the discourse around Joker is so interesting is because, like, that is kind of... So, like, it, people were starting to learn what it was going to be about. Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, it's an incel movie. Yeah. And then, because the, with the presumption that if you're going to make that kind of movie with that kind of main character, yep. you can only, the presumption is that you're going at it from like a grievance that's based on his identity. Yeah. And then, but I think the other way to look at it is to just take the people who are, who fit in that identity as being like a white guy or whatever. Yeah. And just be like, Hey, you know, like the hierarchy isn't working for you either. Yeah, it needs to be reclassified. It, it can't just be about like race or yeah or gender. It it you do it's through the lens of class, and that's why I mean, honestly, why I still think the Joker is successful because everyone can relate to class in some way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the people that are seeing it are not the people who are like the villains in this movie. And clearly, they didn't sell like a billion dollars worth of tickets to incels. There aren't that many of them, right? <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> like, and some people didn't care. They were just like, "Oh, it's Batman. Yeah, it's the Joker." I think most people don't connect with them no, in that way and at I all, and I guess that I just have to fine. look at that through this lens. And now that I'm talking about it, I did think of one uh, sort of revenge. Mm-hmm. fantasy one mm-hmm. that i did just see mm-hmm. that has a female protagonist i watched the nightingale recently are you familiar with that one at all i don't remember it's from the director of the babadook oh and she almost directed captain marvel mm-hmm. and instead she decided to direct the nightingale mm-hmm. and let me tell you this is a way more harrowing movie than you were never really here yeah it is uh it's a woman in Tasmania in like the 1850s mm-hmm. who has she has like she's Irish and she has like a husband and a newborn baby and she's working off I don't know she's been caught for something we don't know what yeah but the, you know it's a prison colony and so she has to essentially earn her freedom mm-hmm. and so it's pretty I mean it's like really brutal essentially the the soldiers like sexually assault her and then kill her husband and child wow and she teams up with a uh with an aboriginal man mm-hmm. to essentially go find these guys and get revenge and yeah. it's really fascinating because i mean obviously the whole thing movie is about colonialism okay and but it's also about they're trying to get revenge on this and ultimately they have to go through the harsh reality of what it actually means to get revenge on people yeah you know to like or what that even entails. Mm-hmm. It's it's super fascinating. And it's all just because these guys come in and decide they can just take whatever they want. And it's so they're dealing with that. I feel like I don't even have the full language to talk about it in an intelligent way. But sure. it was a striking movie. And it was a great example of what you can do from someone who truly, you know, from a different perspective. From, yeah. you know, like a female perspective or, you know, like a 
colonial like a colonizing perspective too yeah it was incredible so once again not for everybody but yeah. i would highly recommend it if you can stomach it yeah well and it's funny that when you mentioned that it reminded me that i saw a trailer the other day uh for this movie called promising young woman did you see that yes that looks fascinating it looked crazy who's starring in that carrie mulligan yes and she's basically playing someone who was date raped in college and had to drop out and basically nobody got in trouble for it yeah and then she just gets vengeance by pretending to be really really drunk and getting picked up like having guys like take her home Mm -hmm. and then Catching them in the act, basically. Catching them, yeah. And then you don't really find out what hap- what she does. Well, we've only seen the trailer, but... <clears throat> exactly. Clearly, people are getting in on the revenge game yeah, <laughs> from all real. angles. Yeah, it is it is interesting. I mean, and do you think it's cathartic? I don't know. Like, I would assume so. Yeah. I feel like that's got to be the appeal of it's, having them in general. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I mean, obviously, you're just it's art. You're talking about power, yeah. power dynamics. You're exploring the concept yeah. and stuff. Well, because... I suppose that is what's funny about it is having a revenge movie based on something that doesn't really happen, such as Taken. Yeah, right. Very few people have had their adult daughters kidnapped. Right. I'd say <laughs> the number of people who enjoyed Taken is pretty low. Especially who, don't they like take her to like the Middle East somewhere or something like it's that? It's like Serbia, I think. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so it's like... Boy, that movie really like, was made like, for like dads who drive... Like, pickup yeah. trucks in the city yeah. and, like, own, like, a jet ski dealership. But I feel like that's what puts it purely in the realm of power fantasy versus, like, catharsis of things that have happened to people or yeah. things that are related to what their problems are. Oh, for sure. You know? That is... You're probably... Okay. I think you probably hit it on the head there is that some of these... There's difference between power fantasy and catharsis. Because even, like, in The jo- fantasy comes yeah. from people who don't really have any... Yeah necessarily bad problems and that's what i feel like was interesting like to bring it back in with joker of like if you're imagining somebody watching that movie Mm -hmm. who doesn't have any problems relating to it yeah then you'd think that they suck (laughs) you know (laughs) like you think that oh that must be just them right making up problems yeah because to reclaim a position of authority that they have over or power or whatever they have over because the lens is class and not yeah, and if you're Some just yeah, so versus like if you're imagining somebody who sees it and is relating it to their problems that they're experiencing, no matter who the viewer is, yeah, you know, then it would be more of a Dang, like that's an instructional way of how to deal with your problems. I guess mm. I don't know. Although probably I wouldn't advise or just becoming a clown and starting a riot. Well, right, but I mean, <laughs> like even like for the Nightingale, or for example, mm-hmm. it is a way for people who maybe don't understand it the type of things that other people have gone through yeah to realize you know even like the history of colonialism a little bit mm-hmm. like that's that's a good thing that's instru- yeah, it's it it's educational yeah. in a way even you know and it's not meant to just be educational but yeah it's important to get those things out there it's versus edu- like a pure fantasy like yeah thing. it's educational in a way that yeah movies that are about things that don't actually happen <laughs> can't be right <laughs> yes exactly because they're made up <laughs> Which I guess they are also educational, but they're educational in a very dark way in that it educates you about the inner thoughts of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Like Ooh. Death Wish was probably very educational of like, oh, wow, this is popular. Yeah. <laughs> this is psycho. <laughs> That's yeah. unnerving. Yep. Yeah, that is pretty. 
I mean, you know, all these things are like the fears of the time, you know. Yeah. People didn't. It's a bunch of suburban people who didn't remember what cities were like. Yeah. Do you think we're going to have to watch the new Death Wish sometime? Never. <laughs> I don't think we will ever have to, and I will not. Fair. How about that? <laughs> Nothing yeah. about it appeals to me. Well, Bruce Willis just who cares. Just I mean, in the sense that it would be like it probably sucks in a way that would maybe be interesting. No, that's why we're going to Cats, man. Yeah, that's true. That sucks in a way that's interesting. <laughs> from yeah. everything I've heard, yeah, we got to do it. No, we don't. Death Wish is just gonna suck in a way that's boring. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, trust me, I will. <laughs> I'll guide you right on this one. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> In 2020, we are going to watch Cats. That's what's going on with so much movies. <laughs> That's our goal. In 2020, we're going to get way too deep into things that we are not equipped to talk about. Yep. <laughs> That's the so much movies promise. Yep. Okay, I'll actually, now that we've gone through that, I do want to hear about your viewing of National Treasure. Oh, man. Because I haven't seen that movie since it came out in the theaters in, I believe, 2005. Is that right? Probably. Yeah. I remember seeing it in the theater there. in our hometown, which was only around for my senior year, yeah, which was so 2005. Yeah. So, almost, uh, or I mean, or I came back in the summer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, around there. In the um, early 2000s, I saw it in the theater once, and I've never seen it since. So all I oh, remember wow. is okay. that I had seen uh, Nicholas Cage then. and John Voight are in it, right? Yes, correct. Uh, so me and Lydia watched it. We were just having a real down day in terms of like wanting to pay attention to something that was hard to pay attention to. Sure. So we're like, what's something that's dumb yeah. that we've seen before and would have some nostalgia value? Nice. Was kind of, that's how it hit the sweet spot. Um, 2004, by the way. There we go. And we were definitely in it for like the nostalgia value. We also both think that Diane Kruger is great. Oh, yeah, is. she's in this. Wow. Yep. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Her character. Because she, she's like German or whatever, right? Okay, okay. And she's like this like... You're going to have to basically explain everything to me. Because all I remember is that they're trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll give you the, the plot overview. Give me the rundown for someone who so, saw this once made, long ago. So there's kind of a lot of exposition in the movie. You don't have to go through I won't give you all of it. But Nicolas Cage plays a guy who's like great, great, great grandfather. Worked for one of the founding fathers. Cool. Who was like dying of, and he was like the last of the founding fathers dying of old age. And as he's dying, he gives his like carriage driver this clue of the secret treasure that all the founding fathers were trying to protect from the British. Wow. And it was this Freemason treasure that had been passed down through the generations. Freemasons? Yes. Awesome. Incredible. That is really incredible. And so basically... Oh, that was the other thing, that in the movie it was originally a Knights Templar treasure, which had been passed down... And it somehow eventually became Freemason treasure. Well, that's how that all goes. Don't think about it too hard. No. And um, Knights Templar, holy cow! I loved that the, it got passed down for like 400 years. Yeah. And then it got to the founding fathers of America, and they immediately botched it. Yeah. Like they completely <laughs> failed at passing it along to the next generation. Yeah. And just one guy with his dying breath gave it to his random employee. I feel like that's a real. <laughs> Uh, huge dan- indictment of the founding fathers in my opinion i was just gonna say indictment of america like, <laughs> yeah pretty much pass down your grand traditions to us and we'll just drop drop it on the ground we'll just drop the ball entirely <laughs> um 
So basically, generations of this family have been trying to solve this one clue yeah. and not succeeding okay. <laughs> until it gets to Nick Cage. Of course, he... And his dad is John Voight. Isn't his name like Benjamin Franklin Gates or exactly, something insane like yes. that? So his dad, John Voight, yeah. is like, you're crazy, son. It's never going to lead anywhere. It's just clue after clue after clue. And it's like, you guys have only been working on one clue. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. No huh? one has ever solved one before now. Wouldn't that be interesting if they started a movie like this with like, well, we've done the first three clues. That's you know, how like, John Voight made it sound, but <laughs> that's not what happened. So anyway. Instead so, of everyone being stuck on the first clue and then one person figuring out every clue, being yeah. like, well, this clue's cut. Every generation gets like one clue done. That's Because it's like a lifetime of That's work. what would have been better. That would have been way more So John Voight was all cynical about it. Naturally. Uh, Nick Cage basically um, gets hooked up with Sean Bean, yeah, who is this rich guy. Of course. He's a bad guy. Of course. They start out on the same team. I was going to say, is he a bad guy? <laughs> and so basically, Sean Bean like, gets this clue, and they find out that, it's on, that, that there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And so he's like, we got to steal it. And Nick Cage is like, no, we can't. It's too important. Mm-hmm. It's the Declaration of Independence. Of course. But Sean Bean's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And nice. tries to kill Nick Cage. And then Nick Cage is like... We need to steal it before <laughs> we need he to steal the steal Declaration it. of Independence, so it can't get stolen. So uh, <laughs> him and his sidekick go to dining. Who's his sidekick? Uh, that guy. What's his name? Not important. Not important. One of those comedy sidekick guys who could have been like Steve Zahn, Justin or... Bartha. There we I'm go. Seeing. Yeah. I don't know what he's been in. Justin Bartha. You know. So, ju- oh, he's the fourth guy in the Hangover movies. Yeah. Got it. The one who's always gone. Yeah. What an easy job that would yeah, be. Yeah, right? Um, but, uh, so they get, they basically His try to... Riley Poole. Yeah. They try to convince Diane Kruger, who's this... She, like, runs the place that the Declaration of Independence is in. Okay. And she's this huge American Revolution buff, even though she's from Germany. That's... <laughs> and it's right. kind of not explained. It's like, like an a- being an Anglophile, but for... Yeah. There's just, like, one throwaway line of just, like... Ah, what are you gonna do? I love it. You know, just like I, I'm from there, but I'm like an American now. Yeah, we're like, okay, fine, okay. Uh, her loyalty is never called in the question. It's not relevant. They clearly just cast her because she's hot. Yeah, and just they asked her probably to do an American accent, and they were just like, nah, never mind. I can't. <laughs> or it's just like she did it, and they were just like, actually, your regular voice is cooler. Yeah, just stick with that. <laughs> um, she can only speak in like a really Kentucky Fried accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Her, her American accents are like Kentucky Queens, <laughs> <laughs> just like nothing good. All you can, all you can do is a Boston accent. Okay, let's <laughs> just really? German's oh, good. Okay, yeah, and then uh, you know, hijinks ensue. Ah, got it. They steal the Declaration of Independence. They find clues. Uh, they find the treasure. John Voight makes a lot of very incredulous faces. Perfect. Exactly. What I thought the at. casting of the movie was very interesting because. So, John Voight is appropriately used, which is good. Yeah. Harvey Keitel, however, is totally wasted. Yeah. He's just you gotta like, have Harvey Keitel do cool stuff. He doesn't do anything cool. He's just like the FBI guy, and he just like talks Always to Always a Nick thankless Cage. task. Yeah. Working for the FBI in a movie. Yeah. 
He just talks to Nick Cage. That's it. He doesn't do anything cool. Bummer. He doesn't even go anywhere cool now that I think of it. Like, I think they just brought him in for like three days and they went to three locations gotcha. and he was done. Okay, so I gotta ask, having not remembering anything, mm-hmm. do they go to a bunch of famous uh, historical... <laughs> yes. <laughs> like one isn't one of them uh the Washington Monument is that they go to um well first they go to where the Declaration of Independence is yeah which is in in the Smithsonian in Washington got it so they have like a big conversation on like the steps of the Lincoln Memorial oh even though that's probably like a mile away for all I know like, Doesn't it's probably matter. not even that close yeah yeah totally um and then they also go to where the Liberty Bell is oh in Philadelphia yes and then they also go back to New York City for. They go into some place that's not even famous. Got it. But it's like it's And then very... they end up at Mount Rushmore, right? No, that's in the second one. Oh in the second one, there's like stuff in Mount Rushmore essentially, I think. Interesting. Like more treasure, I guess, or like a clue or Where's, something. Where does the treasure end up being in the first one? It's like under this old cathedral that's like on the intersection of Broadway and Wall Street. Which were existing roads at that time, I think. Oh, all right. So that was like well, that's the kind clue of boring. So it's like I was I was trying to like yeah. in my mind work out how they would be like they they would know back in the the founding fathers would be like that place out in South Dakota is going to be real important someday. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, okay. So there are a bunch of things watching this movie that I obviously did not think of when I watched it when I was younger. Yeah, which are very funny to me now. Uh, the top one easily being that. So, a major part of the movie is that these founding fathers who were Freemasons yeah. wanted everybody to, like, kind of... Like, that they put clues out there that you and I could totally gather. Yes. If we... This had to be a pre-internet thing? If we love America enough. Oh, I see. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like, the whole thing is based on knowing founding fathers' trivia... And that's like Nick Cage's superpower. That's like what enables him to beat his rival. Got it. Is by knowing a lot about the Founding Fathers and being aware of the fact that they put clues for us on like money and stuff. Oh, sure. Like like one of the clues is that like the there's like a, a, a painting on the back of a $100 bill. Mm-hmm. Or like the image on the back of a $100 bill is based on this painting. And in this painting there's like a clock and like... One of the the time on the clock is like a major clue or something. So funny because that money wasn't around when the founding fathers. Yeah, that was but, designed but the, but in like painting, 1905 or whatever. But the original painting was made by a founding father. Ah, yes. <laughs> so it's which I don't even know if that's true, but it's like just so corny to just be like, you at home could have solved this if you were just looking <laughs> like, at your dollar bill. Hard all enough. you have to do is just love the founding fathers more, and you can be a billionaire. <laughs> Big implication that I have a hundred dollar bill laying around somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like, <right>. um, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, but you got to. I wish. Yeah, right. See, that's the thing, though, is the movie is made by and for John Voight types. Ah, yes. People who are old, rich people who love okay, America. On on that point. <laughs> The one thing that I always remember about National Treasure more than any other thing in the movie itself mm-hmm. is that back in our hometown, uh, after this movie came out, someone, like a youth group leader of ours, yep. <laughs> I know where this is would going. very often, if a movie ever came up, if mo- the concept of movies ever came up, uh-huh. the topic of movies came up, he would just be like, you guys seen National Treasure? <laughs> it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> 
which yeah. I think made me trust him less. <laughs> well, it's crazy because it is... He was always very excited about that movie, yeah. which baffled me. Because I remember See, even at the time yeah. being like, this is a mediocre film. It's fine. Okay, so I will say it is fun. Yeah. It is decently funny for what it is. I would like to watch it now loving Nick Cage more than I did then. It's way more enjoyable than like movies that are more explicitly like patriotism propaganda. Sure. You know, like it's a decent movie. Yeah. It's but just, it's like for kids. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> a movie about like people who love trivia. A very specific subset of it's, trivia. That's the thing. So... Like, because he's not like okay. a real patriot. So is it's he? not just trivia, though. Is the thing. Yeah, it's almost that. But there are these little moments where so they end up going down this huge like mine shaft, essentially under this church. Yeah. that the founding fathers apparently built. And I love how much. So Nick Cage will just walk into rooms and just be like, "Oh, like this is clearly like a weird lantern device, like this big wooden chandelier that's in this huge." like cavern yeah. and he just nonchalantly goes up to it and lights it as <laughs> if this whole thing isn't filled with dust from the last like 250 years yeah and it's like surrounded by rotten dried wood yeah um anyway so they're going on this big cavern and there's this moment with him and diane kruger and they're like falling to their doom right of course and he's like she's like falling he's like leaning over this cliff he's got her by the hand yeah and the Declaration of Independence is, like, also maybe going to fall. So this so, is just uh, Last Crusade all over again. Yeah. Except he's like, do you trust me? And she's like, yes. And so he, like, they're on this thing that's, like, swinging. And so he swings over, dr- lets her go onto a platform that she doesn't see. So she assumes she's falling to her death. Yeah. And then he reaches over and grabs the Declaration of Independence. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, sorry I had to drop you. And she's like, oh, no, I totally would have done the same thing. Oh. And he's like, really? And that's funny. But Got it's it. all So, anyway, my point is... It's not just that he knows a lot of America trivia. Yeah. It's that he's willing to sacrifice his life to save the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> or murder a person. Or murder a person. Yeah, he's willing to sacrifice <laughs> himself. Like, And people are very regularly saying, like, no, like, you, this is more important. Yeah. Like, and which is so crazy because, and the other part of it implicit in that is that this is, like, the spirit of America. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's... It's presented in such a way that they're sacrificing their lives for America. It's like patriotism without politics. Yeah. And just that these, like, symbols and objects are, like, the... Almost like how people talk about the flag, kind of. Sure. About how, like, you're laying down your life for the flag. And... But with this, it's... Or, like, Catholic relics, kind of. Yeah. But people in that situation are talking about the flag in an abstract way. Mm -hmm. Because, obviously, they're not doing it just for, like, the flag that's on their house. Right. Whereas this... They're, like, respect the flag, yeah. Because there's only one Declaration of Independence. So, That is interesting. Like, he clearly doesn't think... He knows because what's, what's in the Declaration of Independence, I would say, is a little more important than the document itself. Yeah. For example, like maybe the lady that you're hanging on to having the like right to life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what's interesting. It's like a weird. They're combining all of these different ideas. Yeah. Of like appreciating the founding fathers, respecting America. Yeah. And then also like these objects which hold historical significance. And he's a historian, right. so he obviously cares about them as historical items. Yes. And so does she. She's like a big collector. 
but just it's all combined in such a weird way because they know that we're not historians yes. they know that we don't care about like George Washington election pins or whatever yeah but just they convey to us the seriousness so of, this is essentially the America version of Indiana Jones right yeah pretty much and I think they probably explicitly sold it that way yeah definitely. if I had to guess that makes a lot of sense um except he's not like an archaeology professor he's just some guy well but it's the whole thing about like this history is important this although, belongs in a museum although they did say that he was like a military intelligence officer and like went to college for yeah. like whatever American history wouldn't it be cool if they had a protagonist that wasn't in the military for one of these type of things <laughs> yeah and it was just like well, he can't kill you by, like, shoving your nose into your brain, but yeah. uh, he's smart. Yeah. That's it. We don't have to murder anybody. <laughs> yeah. He just tricks people. Yeah. That's way more fun. That would be nice. I assume that has to exist. I'm sure it right? does, but I don't know. not in the context Not of in this. America. Not in America. That's the, <laughs> it wouldn't that's be the an thing. American movie at all. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was a, it was a pleasant and also off-putting viewing. Because I could totally see just how you would get sucked in so easily. Yeah. Just like history is fun. History is fun. And it's filled Especially with these, for you. And it's filled with these secrets that you could have totally understood. There's a one great scene, which you maybe remember, uh-huh. where... Because, you know, there's... This, I almost guarantee you I do not. There's this clue about the clock tower and okay. what time and that something happens at a specific time. That's kind of a cool thing. And they thing. think that they missed the window. Yeah. And then the sidekick guy is just like... No, hold on. No, he didn't. And they're like, "What? Wait, why?" And he's like, "Huh? I know something you don't. This is great." And he like revels <laughs> in it for like too long. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's that, that is a good and one. It's that they didn't realize they forgot that daylight savings time didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is very. It is fun, but it's also very sinister. In almost like make because he's the audience avatar for the whole movie he's a surrogate he's the one who doesn't know what's going on and they have to explain things to him and Mm -hmm. in doing so they're explaining things to us yes and in him having that little moment of just like huh this could be you just go get a a american history book and you could be that guy (laughs) like you could be the guy saving the day yeah with the minutiae of american founding fathers trivia that is interesting Uh, i see when you said that i thought you were gonna say that only specific people should hold power <laughs> because when it gets to like the plebes like us yeah. we don't know what to do with any of this and so you need to have someone who's trustworthy which is also sinister in a different way yeah well that is kind of the thing though it's just like that it could be you you yeah. know like very, it's very aspirational well, it made me think of uh, this last week this is not related to movies but i mm-hmm. think it ties in mm-hmm. i was playing the game of thrones board game which i can <laughs> okay. tell you is a an exercise in agony yep it is uh, so difficult, and there's so much to think about, <laughs> and there's so many ways for people to betray you. Yeah, that uh, I hate it. Yeah, and it, anytime somebody invites me, I go back because <laughs> I have an abusive relationship with a board game. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get it this time. Yes, and so anyway, it's like turn eight mm-hmm. out of ten turns total, and I've like the last two turns I've just gotten absolutely hosed. Yep, and. Partially because I just don't remember all the rules, and then yeah. someone takes advantage of that and just yeah, not des- fun destroys me. That makes so it not fun. It's I was I was having a bad time. Yeah, and then I there's a sort of a round where you bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all these chips mm-hmm. that you earn through different actions, and you are betting your chips based on you know like how you think everyone else is going to bet, 
but it's to like who goes first who breaks the tie who does all this stuff sure and i had a ton of those chips and so i ended up getting like first or second in all of those things Mm -hmm. and getting to decide how everyone else would shake out Mm. and the guy that who had screwed me over and all three things was tied with some other people and I put him last on all of them. <laughs> I just absolutely annihilated him just out of pettiness. Yeah. And it just made me think like I'm not I should not have power. <laughs> this yeah. is bad for me because I won't make good decisions. I will just do it based on my own feelings and how petty I am. Sure. So all I'm saying is that Justin Bartha <laughs> knowing these things yeah, is also he's just not the right person to have power. It's the which American is a sin- which is a really sinister thing yeah. ultimately. But I can relate yeah. in that one sense. <laughs> it's the American dream, really, <laughs> of like yes, like the that constantly aspiring to be that guy. Yeah, who's on top and kind of lording it a little bit. Well, you want to feel good. If you don't have power, it feels good to have power. Yeah. That's ultimately well, right there is that I felt like I didn't have any power yeah. in this well, game. Well, and we're kind of getting a little too into it, I feel like, at this point. But, I mean, that is what, the, that's 2020. This, that is this how, podcast. That is how people get there. Yeah. Of wanting to be in that position is feeling like you've been unfairly screwed repeatedly. Yeah, totally. And you being in a position in that game where you feel like you were getting screwed because you didn't know the rules. Yeah. That's... I the think, most American thing ever. I think I like. just well, and I think I just tie, we just tied it into the first half of the podcast you, too of, you, of like the revenge fantasy type of thing. If you like, interact with America's healthcare system, you will very quickly learn about how much of it is knowing the rules which are impossible to know. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> and you know, like that'll make you um, mad. This, it's also we don't need to get into it now, but I think that also ties into Parasite very well. Oh yes, you so finally it's probably saw not Parasite. just America. Nope. Well, and that's ultimately the quote from Bong Joon-ho. There we go. Bong Joon-ho, he says, I tried to express a sentiment specific to the Korean culture. All the responses from different audiences were pretty much the same. Essentially, we all live in the same country called capitalism. Yep. Done. What a great quote. Yep. So I wonder if there's like a Korean national treasure. (laughs) That would rule. That would rule. I mean, you know, it would essentially be national treasure, but better. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2020, what's our final thing? What did we decide we're doing? We're bringing worse energy, <laughs> worse podcasting energy. We're not watching the movies. And we're just going to meander from topic to topic. <laughs> yeah. This is it. This is the future. So much so much movies season 2, let's say. <laughs> 50 episodes down, 5 episodes to go. No, I <laughs> I really think Kind of as we discussed, it's a weird season for movies. Yeah. We're going to get back to our classic style of watching the same movie together. Let's do that. More guests. Okay. Etc. I can do that. Sounds good. 